Have you ever started a project, loved every minute of it, and then had to start over from scratch in less than optimal conditions? That is the exact challenge my friend Michael Bell has been facing this year. For many longtime listeners to the Small Scale Life podcast, you'll recognize Michael Bell and his Dallas Half Acre Farms. He's been a good friend of our show since that first interview. Well, it's been a while since we've had Michael on the show. The last time he was on, he discussed the soup gardening concept in the spring of 2019. In case you're new to Small Scale Life, the soup gardening concept is growing vegetables and herbs, which are ingredients needed in a hearty vegetable soup. Michael Bell and I came up with the concept. It was a lot of fun growing those vegetables last year. I'll be doing a follow-up episode on that topic soon. You can find the original episode on smallscalelife.com. My, how times have changed since the spring of 2019. Since that episode, Michael Bell changed jobs, sold his old house, moved to a new house, sold his old half-acre farm, and found new farming properties. These new farming properties have provided new challenges and opportunities, and there's some clear takeaways from this conversation if you're starting your own garden or urban farm. In this episode of the Small Scale Life Podcast, we're going to discuss how Michael Bell is building an urban farm from scratch. Remember, it always comes back to the three basic elements to grow plants, light, nutrients, and water. If you have the right balance of these three elements, you can grow plants anywhere. When you're out of balance, you need to adjust, adapt, and overcome to get back into balance again. Get ready. It's time for another exciting gardening podcast from Small Scale Life. Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. All right. Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast, friends. I'm your host, Tom. I'm thrilled to be back behind the microphone and talking about gardening, which is my favorite subject, and especially because this is a special Earth Day episode of the Small Scale Life Podcast. I'm thrilled to have my friend Michael Bell on this episode. Usually for Earth Day, I'm in a school presenting about gardening, but this year, not so much. I'm going to have to do it over the wire and to other people, to the to the world through our platform, and I'm happy to do that. But we have an exciting show today. We're going to be talking about urban farming, and we're also celebrating a couple birthdays and anniversaries in addition to Earth Day. So I'd like to formally recognize Michael Bell's birthday. That was last week on 414. I also like to recognize Amy Dingman from A Farmer's Kind of Life on 420. And happy anniversary. I think it's the fifth anniversary for Dallas Half Acre Farms. That, again, was on 14th last week. Please join us in celebrating these birthdays and, and also the anniversary of Dallas Half Acre Farm and also Earth Day. It's a great day to celebrate Earth Day by talking about, about gardening. So I wish De- Michael, Dallas Half Acre Farms, Amy Dingman, my friend, A Farmer's Kind of Life, the best this year and just have a great year as we make another trip around the sun together. So my friend Michael Bell, as I said, has been incredibly busy since the last time he was on the show. We had an excellent conversation about all the things, all the changes to his Dallas Half Acre Farm. There's been quite a few. As you'll hear, Michael Bell has some interesting soil challenges on both of his properties. Clay is really hard to work with in the gardener farm. Clay holds water a long time. In fact, it's so good at holding water that the water just cannot drain through it quickly. You also hear what happens when it dries out. It's pretty stunning stuff. You're going to have to amend that soil and get some topsoil that you can grow in. Michael has had to adopt 
container gardening techniques on his farm. And I like to call him America's first container urban farmer. Now, I know he's probably not, but in my mind, he is. And I love helping him out and talking about container gardening with him. Love it so much. I had Drew Demler and Michael Bell on the show. They're going to talk about container gardening, some lessons learned, tips, things we've screwed up on because we've all screwed up on a lot of things. So that was a really good show. That's going to be coming up next week. So be ready for that. And uh, we're really going to talk about container gardening. We've got a lot coming up. So before we dive into this podcast episode, I would like to remind everyone to get your copy of the free Small Scale Life Seed Starter Guide. I'm going to walk you through how I start seeds every year. I give you a materials list. I give you some options that you can consider. And with the weather getting warmer, it's going to get easier to plant seeds. And we can even bypass some of these steps and get right from the seed tray into your garden. So that is coming quick. There's still time. There's still time. There's still time to start a garden. So get a copy of the seed starting guide. I'm going to produce a transplanting guide and a soil mix guide. Those are two things coming up. I'm going to help walk you through the season by giving you some free guides. So also when you get the seed starter guide, I give you the inspiration sheets. It's kind of an appendix, but it shows what other people in the small scale life and small scale garden community are doing to start seeds. So get that. You might get some inspiration. You'll say, oh, I can do this. I don't have any heating pads. I don't have a grow light. Guess what? I have a window. I have seeding seedlings by by the window right now, and they're growing. So you can do this wherever you are. Just provide water, light, and nutrients, in this case soil, and you can grow plants anywhere. You can do this. You really can do this. So get your free copy at smallscalelife.com today. After all, growing your own food and supplementing your grocery list is part of the Be Resilient movement here at Small Scale Life. So get on it, lifers. You've got to get going. It's going to be a great year. We're going to do this together. So now let's get into our discussion about building an urban farm from scratch with Michael Bell from Dallas Half Acre Farms. Got a real treat for you today. I have our good friend Michael Bell from Texas. He's a he's a father. He's a dad. He's the same thing, right? But a husband, he's a teacher, he's a muscle-bound, massive guy, and he also runs Dallas Half Acre Farm. So, Michael, welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. Hey, thanks, Tom. It's good to be back. It's been a while. It's been a while, and schedules, this, that, the other, travel, oh, man, and the whole farm situation, it's been a busy time. So, how have you been? Been good. Uh, Been, like you said, really busy. Had a lot happen since the last time I was on the podcast, so uh, yeah, I've been busy. So do you want to introduce who you are? Just tell quickly our audience who you are. It's, it's been a while. I think uh, we were just talking, I think it was last summer we had you on with Scott Hebert talking about urban farming and all that kind of stuff, and just maybe you want to talk about who you are, just real quick, introduce yourself and what you're all about. Yeah, so like Tom said, I'm Michael Bell. I uh, own and run Dallas Half Acre Farms here in Dallas, Texas. I've had it for about five years. At the April 14th, which is my, also my birthday, will be my fifth, uh, will be the anniversary or whatever you want to call it, to when I started my farm. Uh, the first four years, I was in Duncanville, which is just south of Dallas. I taught in Duncanville, and then uh, I'm an elementary PE teacher. And then this past summer, uh, I got offered a job in Mesquite, which is east of Dallas, but about five minutes, ten minutes. And but it's a lot closer to my house, 
So I took that job. It paid more. It's closer to home. Exactly half the number of kids. So instead of having 750 kids, I now have 375 kids a day. Wow. So that's so nice. And yeah, I can bet. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just a way better job with more money and I'm closer to home. So it all worked out well. Yeah, and at the same time, you had your farm. It was just right near downtown on a piece of undeveloped land, a, a subdivision that didn't go in, and then this is what you bought, and you were operating that, and then something happened. Uh, yeah, I like I said, I got the new job, and I, I couldn't go to school, drive 30 minutes at 4 o'clock because traffic gets pretty bad Yeah, about 4 o'clock, so I couldn't drive over there to water and harvest and then come back home, and you know, I, I just couldn't run the farm being... 20 to five minutes away every day. So um, about once every six months, I get a phone call uh, from a different real estate investment company. And they're always wanting to buy my property. Because like you said, it is, I was six months, six minutes from downtown Dallas. Yeah. It's a half acre lot. Um, it's, it was zoned non-residential, but all these real estate companies, they come in and they try to buy up as much as they can. And then once they own a certain percentage of the land that's not zoned, mm-hmm. they can go petition the city to zone it residential. And then once you do that, you can build houses and, and then it becomes worth a crazy amount of money. So anyway, uh, about a month after I took this job, this new job during the summer, and I knew I was going to have to sell it. I just hadn't really figured out how I wanted to sell it yet. Uh, this real estate investment company called me and offered me three times what I paid for it four years ago. <laughs> Gee, and, what are you going to do with that? Hmm. Yeah. And I just, I just laughed and they said, you know, is that a yes? And I said, yes. Yeah. That's, that's a yes. I said, just send me the paperwork. I'll e-sign just as long as there's no fees or no hidden costs. I want X amount of money in my bank account. And no bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, th- these people will screw you faster than anybody. Oh, yeah, oh, they absolutely. $4,000 closing cost. Oh, yeah. Or some BS. And yep. I, so they said, no, sir, we, we, we handle all the fees and everything. You'll have X amount of dollars in your bank account after you close. I said, done. Wow. So I sold it. Nine, I closed nine days later. Uh, and then I thought, well, crap, what am I going to do now? You know? Yeah. I, I, I love farming. I have a great customer base. I got a grocery store. You know, I'm really making some headway and I started looking for land and there's just not a lot of little lots for sale right. that I can farm on. Right. Small lots, they have contingencies like you have to build a $200,000 house or you have to, you just can't buy a piece of land and, and farm on it. Right. Down right. Here, unless it's 10 or 12, 15 acres, something like that. So I started looking, couldn't find anything. I was getting really frustrated and I told my grocery store, he and they were really cool about it. Of course, all my customers understood. Sure. And then my old babysitter that kept my 11-year-old son, uh, I saw him at, uh, I saw her husband at my gym one morning. Sure. He, got talk, he, you know, he asked me how the farm was doing. I told him everything was going on. And I said, I'm looking for some land. And he, he said, well, hell, Mike, come out to my place, which is seven minutes from my house, just across. Sure. And you can, you know, come up and check it out. If you want to grow some stuff back there, I don't care. That's just less I have to mow. He's like 60. <laughs> you know, nobody wants to mow in 100-degree heat. No, no, even with a riding lawnmower. That's yeah. not uh, – and, and with a helmet with the, the two uh, beer cans up top with the straws in, I don't think exactly. anybody wants them. I mean, that beer gets hot if you don't chug it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so I said, all right. So I went over there and I looked and you know, I told him, showed him pictures, you know, because I have to have my tunnels. Yep. I'll, I'll, I won't grow without my tunnels. Yeah, you've learned, haven't him. you? <laughs> yeah. 
I showed him what I wanted to do, and I said, can I do it right here? And I marked off the corners, and he goes, well, yeah, I don't care. So went I'm- home. I was happy as hell, told the wife. She was happy because it's only six, seven minutes away. And the uh, next day, I went over there and laid out billboard signs and wow. started killing grass and, and everything. And about a month later, you know, it was 100 degrees, so it doesn't take long to kill right. grass with 100 degrees. I went over there and started digging, and oh my God, it is the absolute worst soil you could possibly imagine. <laughs> oh man! So did they strip off all the good topsoil when they built the neighborhood, or are they just this is just no? Some it's not bad even stuff. a neighborhood. Oh, um, it's just like one. Like he owns it like an acre and a half, and then the guy okay. next to him owns three acres, and then like okay. it's not a pre-planned subdivision. This is probably a fifty-year-old house. Okay, I mean it's just clay. Um, when it rains, if you know, it holds water. Yeah. It doesn't drain. Mm. When it doesn't rain, you get cracks far enough to stick your arm down into Wow. Jeez. I mean, it, it's as bad as it gets. And I thought, well, okay. Well, and you went from your old farm, which had which great, perfect. yeah, great soil, really good stuff. And you you improved the soil health while you were there. And then you come here and it's like worse than scratch. It's like concrete <laughs> oh yeah it was awful oh so man i sat there and i did some thinking and i was like lettuce doesn't have a deep tap root that's true i could just grow lettuce for a while so i found a little company out here that makes compost and i hauled in i think i hauled in six six um yards of compost and spread it out wow over 14 feet wide 50 foot long and over a couple of weeks and started planting lettuce and my salad mix and everything, and it did well. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm not going to say it did well. It did okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, it was. I, I didn't realize how bad the compost was because I thought the heat was what was keeping it from mm. like growing. Yeah, I just thought it was the heat and the stress and everything. And then we got into the fall; it cooled off, and this lettuce is still kind of struggling. I mean, at my old farm, it would take 45 days after I transplanted it to harvest it. Right. And this is taking like 60, and it's still not the same size. It still doesn't look wow. like yellow tipped. It just didn't look like it was healthy. Huh. So I, I so I dug down to the compost, and it was just sand. Like I don't know why I did. I guess I was just I guess I was just too busy moving it to really get a good look at it. But it was a lot of sand. That's um, weird. Huh. It, it was just cheap. It was just bad made compost. I don't yeah. think it had any animal manure in it. Oh man. Um, no worms, it, nothing, no life in oh, it. Oh, no, I didn't, that, that was one of the keys. I didn't see a worm in there. Yeah, that's a bad sign. <laughs> so, and, and, it, and it would get hard. Yeah, like that's... compost, good compost stays fluffy. Right, exactly. I mean, if you're on a, if you got really good compost, I mean, you can put your, put a stick down in that for, you know, as far as that compost goes. You know, it's real yeah. soft and loamy and, yeah, and fluffy. That's a good word, word for it. Exactly. And this stuff just packed. The oh, more man. I watered it, the harder it packed. <laughs> And you got I, some quick creed in there. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So I thought, well, God, this, this freaking sucks. Yeah. So what do I do now? So I went to Lowe's and I don't even know the name of the compost, but I tried, I did a video on my Instagram page. Yep. I compared like six different, about six different types of bag compost. Yes. We talked about this because you were wondering if anybody had done like a really good comprehensive study or yeah, uh, ex- experiment between the different composts available at Lowe's or Home Depot or anything like that, and I I wasn't aware of any, and we thought maybe Drew might have Drew Demler might have some ideas, but yeah, so you you just went ahead with your own experiment. Yeah, I just bought 
you know, I bought one bag of Miracle Grow, and then I bought uh, I bought six different tops and laid it out. And honestly, they all grew. Every single bag grew better than my other beds hmm. that didn't have any compost. But I couldn't tell a difference between the six different bags. Oh wow! Like they all <laughs> just did pretty good. You know, I was happy yeah. with it. Yeah. So then I thought, okay, well, shit, if they all grow really well together, I'll just buy the cheapest bag they got. Right. And could so you? And with, you never mixed any like the worm cas- cas- casings in there or anything like that, right? No, I haven't. Okay. Um, I just went with the straight because again, lettuce doesn't need a lot of nutrients. Sure. So I just went with the cheapest bag. It was four dollars a bag for two cubic feet. Mm-hmm. I need. I put eight bags on a fifty foot bed. So I mean, it cost me. $35, yeah. 36 bucks to do a 50 foot bed. And it's working out, you know, really well. Cool. And that's what I've done ever since. And, you know, I'm getting really good harvest off of it now. And oh, that's good. So you've built, grows. you've built up a base now. It's starting to, you've got enough base of yeah. good stuff there. Okay, good. Good for you, man. Good on you. Yeah. So now another challenge you had at your old farm versus this spot was water. You didn't have it at the old place. <laughs> yeah, but you know, old habits are hard to kick. I'll be honest with you. So, uh oh, what did you guy, do? What did you do? <laughs> well, this guy has a massive. It's got to be thirty by seventy shop. Okay. And it's direct. It's fifteen feet from my from my two tunnels that I have growing lettuce in. Sure. And he's got a gutter system on it. And I just, you know, I've got all my water toast from my yeah. farm. And I just, you know, I don't want to negotiate about water and yeah. feel bad every time I got to, you know, fill water totes up and yep. worry about bringing any money. I don't. So I just asked him, hey, if I bring two water totes over here, can I hook up to, to your gutter on there? Well, yeah. I was, you know, I, it, you know, when it rains hard, it just puddles right here and draws mosquitoes. I'd love for you to. Oh, wow. Helps him out so, a little bit. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, so I hooked up two water totes to uh, to his shed. He helped me. He's at, He actually does um, sprinkler systems for uh, commercials. He's the guy like, you want. That's awesome. So, yeah, so he knows all about PVC and all that. Crap. Yeah. So he helped me. He helped me get it all up. First big rain we had filled up one tote, and then next one it right filled up the other one, and I got a little half power water pump. Yeah. And just hooked it up to a water hose, and I water with rainwater. Um, there was one time I ran out of rainwater and I, you know, I called him and was like, Hey Beth, I need the water. Could I, you know, hook up the water hose? He laughed. He goes, I'm already filling it up for you right now, bud. Oh. <laughs> so I said, that's I, said, well, I, I appreciate it. I'll, you know, I'll bring you some money. He goes, no, just keep giving me some of that lettuce. I'll be happy. Oh, good. So he's, it's a little beneficial for him too. He's getting some lettuce out of it. And then you're taking oh, yeah. care he, of his yeah, mosquito he, problem. That's good. So, yeah. So it, it's worked out really, really well. Yeah. So the totes are they stacked on top of each other, or do you have one to each nope. downspout? No, nope, they're actually connected to the same downspout. Okay, cool. They're just side by side. When one tote fills up, oh good, we got a two inch PVC pot that goes through the other one that fills the other one up. Very good. That's what I was wondering. Then you have kind of an overflow <laughs> in case it gets the both of them are full up. You get a huge storm coming. Then you have some kind of a pipe that'll that'll drain yep. it off. Yeah, good, smart. That's good, man. I love it. And you you can really tell a difference in it yeah. when you use rainwater. Yeah. You just really can't. Yeah, it's a uh, because I could tell when I had to water for those two weeks with just um, with his with his water from the city. Yep, it just didn't. They kind of got a little yellowy, a little. Mm-hmm. You could just tell a difference. And then when it rained, 
and you fit, you know, you fed it that rainwater, they greened right back up a darker green and they just looked healthier. Yeah. I've really tried to use, um, oh, in the wicking beds, I was using, <laughs> uh, five gallon buckets to put stuff in there. Uh, and then I just would go with the hose. And then with the other one though, the other two, I would take a five gallon bucket of rainwater from the rain barrel, just one five gallon bucket into the table one and, yeah, the peppers did great. They loved it and uh, had really good growth last year. So I think my table ones definitely will have the the hybrid rain gutter growth systems. I will definitely use rainwater for those. The the tanks are, eh, we'll just see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> it's time. Uh, you know, if I got a little pump, a little, so- was it, so? did you get solar or did you get a powered, powered one? No, I, I got an electric water okay. pump from uh, Harbor Freight. Okay. Yes. A little half out, little, little half horsepower one, man, it puts out the damn water. That's awesome. That's great, dude. Nice. So that was, we'll call that, uh, what do you call that then? Do you have a special term for your buddy's place or do you just call it his house place? And... <laughs> Bethel's house. Okay. Gigi's house. Okay, cool. <laughs> so that's the outpost number one. The story doesn't end. There's, wait, there's more. So then you're doing this over there and then other opportunities presented themselves. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I kept looking. I mean, yeah. The, this sounds morbid and awful, but I mean, they could die tomorrow and, you know, I get kicked out. Well, it's, you know? it's like, it's like running a blog off of Facebook or something and thinking that Facebook is always going to be there. YouTube is always going to be there. Something happens and you say the wrong thing and you're done. Right. So yeah, yeah same kind of deal. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I kept looking. Um, I just, I wasn't like, it wasn't a huge deal until I found the right piece. And then one day my realtor that was kind of helping me, um, she was a vegan, and I told her I was. <laughs> I love them. Um, I told her I said, you know, I know you because I told her I could spend about twenty thousand. You know, that's what that's what my budget was. Sure, sure. And I, and I said she makes you know you make three percent off two th- off twenty thousand dollars. That's not it's not very yeah, much money for your time and effort. You know, right, right. I said I'll, I'll keep you hooked up with salad mix for a year. If oh wow. you'll If you'll really help me and be diligent about it. Sweet. And she goes, oh, I, I love what you do. Of course, I'll help you. So. She called me one day and she said, I found you a piece. Go look at it. Send me the address. And I went and looked at it. And, you know, it's uh, three minutes south of Interstate 20, which is the major highway that I job to work on every day. Sure. Uh, Eight minutes from my house. And uh, you you go down this this road, you take a left, and you go down this little street that's got 15 houses on each side of the street. Mm -hmm. And the street (laughs) ends. And there's six vacant lots. Nice. On each side of the road, like they just quit building houses. Yeah, yeah. And there's six vacant lots on each side, and the, there was two lots for sale on the right hand side. And I wanted to buy both of them, but I couldn't get him down yeah. enough to make it. You know, I, I just didn't want to go into a ton of debt, so right. I just bought one of them, and it was uh, exactly point three three acres, so a third of an acre. Huh. And um, you so know, it's, it's Dallas paid. a third acre farm. <laughs> No, I'm going to go ahead and count what I have at my other place and just keep okay. it happening. I'm yeah. just teasing you. <laughs> yeah, close enough. That's right. But, and I bought it. And, and there you uh, go. Next day, I was out there working. Yeah, and and then burying your truck in the mud. That was good. <laughs> oh, dear God. The it was first, out there for yeah, like three just, weeks or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, just, just so everybody knows what happened. You don't think I'm an idiot. The first day <laughs> I went out there to work, you know, I've got a big 1999 Dodge Ram uh, three quarter ton that's got a the Cummins diesel engine in it. I mean, this truck is a tank. Yeah. Uh, it's got the heaviest engine, you know, probably ever made for a pickup in it. <laughs> and I just drove down, you know, it, it's the road stops, but you could tell where the road goes. Sure. I mean, people's driven down there and the grass is, 
dead and everything. You can mm-hmm. tell. Mm-hmm. So I drive down there and I park right smack in front of my farm and my land and I'm unloading stuff and doing everything. And then it just comes a flood for like 30 minutes. It rains <laughs> so damn hard. And I'm, you know, I'm working in the rain. I don't care. It's summertime. Sure. Uh, I, I don't even think twice about it. I get in the pickup, I get ready to leave, and I put it in reverse, and it just buries. Oh, man. So that was on the entrance road. I thought you were out in the field. No. Oh, well, my God. Well, 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 well. Let, let me finish the story. Okay. So I put it in reverse, I back out, and I get out. I was like, well, maybe that was just a soft spot, you know, because I'm, I'm an idiot. Right. So I go to turn around in my you know, in my land, not on the road. Yeah. And then I, I bury all four wheels up to the axles. Brutal. Like it just, just sank. (laughs) And then that's when I realized this soil isn't as good as I thought it was. Yeah. So yeah, it sat there nine days. Yeah. Unbelievable. I didn't have to worry about stealing it though. What's that? I said, I didn't have to worry about anybody stealing. Yeah. Nobody was going to get that out of there unless they stripped it down. So, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I did for, I went out there with a buddy of mine and, and, you know, we did the whole put blocks underneath it and you just everything we could and just couldn't get it out. So I said, screw it. So nine days later, it finally dried up, you know, quite a bit, but down with those as deep as it was, it was still muddy. So I had an old mechanic friend of mine come out and he's going to help me he looks at it for a second and he goes is there a dollar store around i said yeah around the corner he goes let's go i said what are we going to get at the dollar store yeah it's going to help me get this unstuck he goes just come on he goes in there and he buys 15 bags of kitty litter oh yes kitty litter yes goes back in there and just starts pouring all of it in there mm-hmm. i said are you are you kidding me dude he goes just get in he straps to the front of my pickup with his f-250 and he goes when 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 you, when you feel me pull you you gas it and you'll go and sure enough, I got out. Wow, what a story! Yeah, there's a picture on your Instagram of the truck buried up to its axles, and oh, it was oh man, so bad. We talked about I, it. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt like such an idiot. Yeah, but I didn't think thirty minute rain would make it that muddy. So did you? But it did. So did your wife have to come and the cow catcher come and get you? Uh, no, my uh, I, I I don't call my wife for anything that has to do with the farm. <laughs> I, I called a buddy down the street from me. I was like, dude, come and get me. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bell is now demonstrating the power of building community. He has used friends to buy his property, get him out of the ditch, uh, start a new farm, or start his lettuce operation on a different piece of property. So there you go. you got the whole world in your hands, my friend. I do. I, I have no problem saying, hey, remember when I did this for you? I need you to do this for me. Ah, I got an offer. You can't refuse. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> why I, I'll help anybody at any time because I know it's going to come back and help me one day in the future. That is true, my friend. That is true. Well... <laughs> So how is this property? I mean, you just talked about bearing your truck, and, and maybe the soil isn't quite what you thought. But what do you, what's your overall impression of this new property? The location is amazing. Um, it's cleared. Like, I don't, I don't have to yeah. clear anything. Right. Because um, the, the first farm, you actually had to cut, you had to clear oh. some of the branches. You and your dad were out there and cutting stuff out, and then you put down the tarps and all or the, uh, the yeah. billboard sign stuff. And this one, it didn't have any of those mesquite. Well, it had a little bit of mesquite trees, but it was pretty open. Yeah, I mean, I, I spent four hours, I think, digging up, you know, 15 little mesquite trees. And, I mean, literally, it was it, it's it's really nice. I have no sun blockage. I get a good sun up to, to about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. That's great. Sun. I've got some big evergreen trees on the, God, what side is that? The south side of my property. So, you know, when the 4 o'clock heat gets here in the summer, mm-hmm. 
I've got some nice shade, but nice. I still get all the morning sun. That's really know, good. I can see the sun actually come up in the morning, you know, cool. on the horizon. Cool. So it's a, it, it's really nice. It's in a good neighborhood. Um, a lot of older people there. They've lived there for a long time. There's no traffic going in and out. So if somebody goes down that street, they're there to see somebody or, you know, something like that. So I like the location a lot. Sure. And again, we're back to water. What are you doing for water out there? Uh, well, nothing because it's been raining so damn much <laughs> in Dallas. But we got three inches in 24 hours on Monday. That's crazy, dude. That's I mean, crazy. It's, it's 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 been challenging because, like I said, this soil is pretty clay too. It's not as bad as what I'm working with, you know, at my buddy's place. But yep, you know, it, it can get pretty swampy. But uh, no, with water, um, I've. I built me a shed. I bought one of those Lowe's Home Depot sheds. Very cool. Awesome. Uh, yeah, it was 10 by 12. Um, it catches 120 square feet roof, so it catches quite a bit of rainwater for me. Yeah, totally. And then I built out of pallets. I'll have to send you a picture of it, Tom. You would appreciate this. Uh, out of pallets, I built me a, a, a just a simple roof and put sheet iron on it, and it, it catches me. It's got a, about... Uh, 150 square feet wow. of water catchment for me. Sweet. <clears throat> but I'll end up getting water. It's going to cost me about $3,000. Mm-hmm. And I'm nowhere close to being able to, you know, pay for that yet with money from the farm. Right, right. So, right. So I'm, you take your I'm money gonna, and you're just saving it up and you'll put yeah. it right back into the farm. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, it's, it'll probably be a year before I actually sure. get water there. Sure. Because it's just taking me so much time and energy just to get one tunnel up and in production. Right. Right. I, I'm having to bring in some more. I'm bringing in compost and really trying to do it the, the right way. Yep. And take things that I learned at my old farm and say, damn, I wish I would have done that. Mm-hmm. And taking the extra time and doing those little things for the long run for this new place that's already paying dividends so are you did you are you using that cheap compost or you do a little did you step it up a little bit because this is your property okay okay well i I use that compost from lowe's okay gotcha yeah the the 350 a bag stuff that i was talking about earlier yep i'll go by there and pick up 10 bags sure you know now and then i'll go out there and spread it like i have one 50 foot bed already planted it's got um let's see i've got 18 celery plants 18 broccoli plants uh in a 10 or 12 kale, big leaf curly kale, and some chard, all in that one 50-foot bed. Hmm. And it's, 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 I call it interplanting, but sure. it's really just, let's find a place to put this because I need some money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you, man. And, and it's getting things into production and getting things, getting into the swing of things. Now, th- this will be a, a good topic, too, about uh, your philosophy with this farm, because um, you were going with... I mean, we've got lettuce over at the other one, and you were back at your other farm. You were starting to think, after our conversation with Scott Hebert from Flavorful Farms, you were thinking, okay, let's do salad. We can get into the grocery store. We can do salad, salad mix. We've got the vegans. They want the salad mix. And you were really thinking about going full-time into sal- salad mix. But now it sounds like you're getting diversity back into your into your rotation again. So what's your philosophy? What Where are you going with that? Well, like you said, I, I, had diverse, I wanted diversity when I very first started. And then, you know, obviously Scott had an impression on me with, with salad mix. And it's just, salad mix is so easy to sell. It's easy to grow. Yep. However, when you get an infestation of worms, mm. you have, like, you're done. You yes. have to start all over. Yep. Or if you get a fungus that runs through there, you're done. 
you got to start all over. Mm. So, which I learned the hard way. So I've, I've been on both extremes. I've done both extremes. And honestly, with the way I'm set up now with the other farm, I'm just going to grow salad mix at my buddy's place. Yep. Because that's set up. And I have all the water I ever need just in case. I mean, I can always fill up the water totes from his house if I have to. And lettuce during the summer just takes a ton of water. Sure. Yeah. And then, but at my new farm, I'm going to go with a little bit more diversity mm-hmm. and do, I'm, I'm going to plan a lot of, like a lot of different things and just see what works and what doesn't work and what I can sell and go with the CSA baskets. Yep. Um, because my new community that I'm moving in, the, the new house that I just moved into, the town's growing like 15% a year. Wow. That's crazy I mean, it, growth. Yeah. It's, it's blown. Well. I'm actually because I get really bad internet service at my house. I'm sitting on a on a road across the highway from where I live in a 700 home south, uh, housing division that's being built right now. Wow! <laughs> and then and my housing division, which is directly across the street, is 400, and they're just opening up phase four and building another 120. Jeez. That's some I mean, it's serious just, growth. Just, Where is everybody coming from? California or what? Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, honestly, yes. And then they're trying. To, it's I am 15 minutes east of Dallas. Okay. So, and it's an easy drive in. You got I 20, which yep. is a ma- major interstate, and then yep. there's another little highway you can get into. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I don't mind telling you, you can get a, a brand new house built the way you want it for a hundred dollars a square foot. <sighs> Wow, so, dude! I mean, you want a three thousand square foot house? You can get it for three hundred thousand dollars. Wow! So wow. it's cheap. Property taxes suck. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, like they're outrageous. But you can get a really nice big house on, you know, a point one five acres. You know, pretty mm-hmm. small lot. But, mm-hmm. You know, and that's just people are just coming out here. Wow. Good school system, very low crime. Mm-hmm. So people are coming out here. So anyway, all that to say. I can sell all that I have in my neighborhood alone. I don't even have to go to a grocery store. I don't have to deliver anywhere. I could sell everything that I grow in my neighborhood. Right, right. I mean, those, especially if they're coming out from California, if they're used to that kind of, you know, stuff coming up from the up from the valley and all that, fresh food and kale and all that, um, they'll be looking for somebody that can deliver that. And it's good to know where your market's coming from and who they are so you can tailor your message to them. Plus, the vegan quotient is always my favorite story when when we're talking <laughs> your farm. So. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there's a ton of vegans. I've got three vegans at my new school. Awesome. And they buy from me every week. Already, They're actually begging me, like, when is your kale going to be ready? When is your this coming out? <laughs> Jesus, people, it's kale. Calm down. <laughs> So everybody, Michael has targeted vegans because, let's face it, they're eating lots of greens, right? A lot of stuff from the garden, and it's a great market for somebody who is working, uh, has a small farm, right? It's perfect for those folks. It's it's the easiest sell ever. I mean, it's literally the easiest sell ever because they – and vegans are very passionate. Yeah, totally. They're very passionate about it. They love telling everyone they're vegan. They love telling everyone why it's so good for them and blah, 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 (laughs) which I love. Thank God for them. You know, I love selling to them. Yeah. They love me. So yeah. it's a great fit. It's a good, it's it's totally symbiotic. So it's awesome. That's great, dude. So when are you expecting your first harvest out of the new property? It depends. I mean, the the, the chard will be, will, be, will be ready probably in the next two or three weeks. Uh, celery takes forever. The broccoli I just transplanted. Cauliflower I just transplanted. So, I mean, it'll be a while. 
my main thing now is I've got something in the ground over there. Yep. Um, I'm gonna work. I'm gonna work really hard this week in the mornings before school to get another 50 foot bed done so I can plant some more. Design to plant some more. I would like to get some beets in the ground, some radishes in the ground at the new place, and you know just keep just keep growing. I'm gonna do you know one 50 foot bed at a time until I get the whole damn thing filled up. Yeah. Exactly. So beets and radishes. Wow, you are really diversifying. So tomatoes, you're going to have your uh, black cherry tomatoes, sweet 1000s, and some other varieties. What's your, are you planning to get some tomatoes in the ground eventually? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm still debating on how to plant them. Mm. Um, you know, you can plant them deep, yes. but I, I'm, I'm scared to plant them deep just right. because of the soil. Because if, it, if it's too dry, you know, it's going to be bad. If it's too wet, it's going to be worse than it is too dry because you can't take moisture out of the ground. Right. So I'm honestly thinking about laying them down, growing them pretty tall and lanky, mm-hmm. and then laying them down sideways. Yeah, I and, got you. and growing them that way instead of instead of deep. I don't know. I'm going to have to do some more research and talk to a few people. And but yeah, I'm growing tomatoes. Uh, I actually have uh, 18 that I picked up from the uh, nursery this weekend. Nice. Yesterday. What, what varieties you got? Super sweet 100s. And then I uh, bought 12 of those, and then I got a six-pack of the, oh, my God, they're kind of black on top, crimson. Oh, okay. And I just bought those just because. They were cheap and available. Sell, <laughs> yeah, well, well, when I sell, when I sell, when I do my, my little baskets of tomatoes, I want them to be different colors. Yeah, no, that's important. People like that, you know? So, and then I'll do, I'll do yellow pear, yellow pears, too. Oh, I forgot you like those, yeah. Yeah, they just don't get, like, they don't get eight foot tall. <laughs> I like the I like the smaller bushier tomatoes because I don't I don't do well with trellising for some reason. Gotcha. I like the small bushier stuff, and the yellow pears have always done well for me. People like them, and I can just kind of count on them. Right. There's a joke in there somewhere, but I won't make it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I got halfway through that sentence and wanted to put it back in my mouth. <laughs> so Zephyr, uh, you, you're going to have uh, zucchini again or yep. squash? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to do the Zephyr zucchini. Yes, I uh, need to get some of those. Well, remind me, and I'll send you seeds. I bought 500 just because it was so cheap, and I I, don't, I'm obviously not going to plant 500 Zephyr zucchinis. I love you. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I would love that because I want to. I want to try it in these wicking beds. We are eating so much zucchini; it's ridiculous. So let's let's grow some of that stuff. And yeah, I'll, I'll send you some, mommy. I'll send you some. And oh, then cool. um, I'm doing mini cucumbers for the first time this Ooh. year. That's interesting. Okay. You know, they're just, they're, they, they just don't get as big. And anything that stays less time on the plant mm-hmm. in Texas is good. Yeah, totally. Especially when it's getting 100 degrees out and everything. Yeah, well, yeah, it's just less time that they can dry up. It's less time they can get a fungus. Less time right. insects can get on them. And they don't, supposedly these plants don't get quite as big. Hmm. I'll send you the link to them on Johnny's and you can take a look yeah, at them. Yeah, yeah. So might are these, be something you might want to check out for your beds because, like I said, the plants don't get as big. Right. These are, are these these aren't pickler pickling cucumbers and they're something a little different even. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, the whole yeah, they're a regular cucumber, but they're called mini cucumbers because the plant doesn't get as big. Yeah, and I actually grew some cucumbers in the wicking beds last year. They actually did really well considering I planted them late. So um, I was pretty pretty excited about that you know and i'm uh, yeah i'll be looking i'll look into that sure absolutely i mean i don't have a ton of space so why not look at mini stuff yeah I mean, that's the same thing i mean yeah i have a third of an acre but i still gotta you know hopefully one day i'm growing a whole lot everything's full and i just want to already be set with okay zephyrs 
zucchini takes up just as much space as the smallest zucchini, you know, that I can find. So anything that I can find that grows small, I'll do it. Right. Exactly. No, that's great. And the Zephyr uh, zucchini, they are smaller, bushy, bushy yep. guy. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes my, my ego things... is not caught up in how big my plants are. <laughs> well, sometimes, yeah. Well, you know, I can grow a tomato fifteen feet tall. What's your problem there, guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you, but yeah. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> so I um, like the smaller plants. Yeah. No, that's good. And and you're right. Getting them off. I mean, it's a different perspective of a gardener where I don't have the pressure of okay, let's turn this because. You know, there's people that want the product. It's just my family that wants it, and uh, I don't have that pressure of or that thing sitting in the back of your brain. Hey, I can get this turning and something else going. You know, before it gets 150 degrees out in my space. You know, so right. I get it totally, totally do. One more question now. Back at your other the the lettuce home the lettuce homestead, we'll say the lettuce yeah. outpost. Um, you were experimenting with compost, but you were also experimenting with cover crop too, weren't you? Was um, that a, was that I didn't that really place? experiment with it. I just planted one because the soil sucked so bad. I said it couldn't hurt anything. Okay, um, and and it took me you know, a little bit of time and money to, to be able to buy that much compost and, you know, just get everything going. So I left uh, one 50-foot bed in my first tunnel I did in a cover crop. And it was from, oh, God, who was it from? Greenleaf, I think. I don't remember. But anyway, I called them, told them what I wanted. They sent me, like, a three-pound bag, which I thought was awesome. They didn't have a minimum. Sure. Um, they sent me a three-pound bag. I threw it out and... It grew. It grew. I, I just I took one bag of compost and just I, I, I threw the seed and then just kind of sp- spread out one bag over 50 foot just so it would have constant contact. I yes. mean, the seed would have contact to dirt. Right, right. And it grew. And, and honestly, I, it was pretty cool because I'd walk through there and I'd be like, oh, shit, that's a that's a that's a radish. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be broccoli. Oh, that's cabbage. Oh, this is, uh, you know, some type of six foot grass. Sure, sure. So, I mean, I enjoyed it. It's definitely something I'll be doing in the spring with my new place. Um, And And, I can tell a difference. Okay, Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Can you tell a difference? Did it work? (laughs) Well, like, I mean, that source is so bad, Tom, that anything would have worked. Yeah. And honestly, it probably needs like five straight seasons of cover crop before a normal human being could plant anything on there. Gotcha. Without adding a ton of compost. Right. But, yeah, it definitely works. Gotcha. a hundred percent, it worked. Right, that's something. Difference. That's something that I've been thinking about, and I know that Mr. Tactical Jay, who was going to be on the show tonight, but he was driving back from places unknown to other places unknown. But he was uh, God. We had an interview last week; it was two hours long. But we were talking about cover crop, and that was one of the questions he was going to ask was about cover crop and the organic compost thing. So there you go, Jay. We covered those two topics for you, buddy. Yeah, the uh, the cover crop stuff is is really interesting to me it's something i'm definitely going to play with in the spring uh when it warms up here i've already got some seed picked out the seed mix i'm gonna, I'm gonna buy because i have to find something to get more organic matter into my soil to help yep. break up that clay and soak up that moisture yeah yeah so and it's this- a lot of root dominated species of plants and this is something that Gabe Brown talks about in his soil presentation. And, and uh, Jay and I were talking about Gabe, and it took me for like 15 minutes to remember Gabe's name, and it was embarrassing as hell. But, uh, Gabe, we love you. But uh, that's the thing that Gabe did up in North Dakota was introducing that 
cover crop interlaced with his corn crop, and it just totally changed the whole system. And uh, you're effectively doing the same thing down in Texas. I'm trying. Yeah, trying. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Gabe, Gabe Brown, I, I rank Gabe Brown up there with Joel Salatin and Curtis Stone. Yep. Like, those three guys right there are changing agriculture, you know, a thousand percent. Right. Agreed. And is Archuleta is in that group as well, right, Mister Archuleta? See, I always put Gabe and Ray Ray together. Okay. Actually, I think I told you this one time. I talked to, uh, I emailed Gabe because I had a question about something. I didn't know if I had to get a response. He emailed me back. He said, "Call me at twelve fifteen tomorrow. I'll be on the road." <laughs> I said, "Sweet, I'm gonna talk to Gabe Brown." Hell yeah! So I call him and tell him what I need and everything, and he goes, "Well, actually, you're in luck because Ray Archuleta is sitting right next to me. They were on a way to do a conference to you know to speak at a conference together." Yes. So I got to talk to him and Ray for like 15 minutes. One of the coolest experiences of my life. Right. That was just a simple name drop brag there for everybody listening. <laughs> but I thought it was cool because I always just think of Gabe and Brett and Ray together. Yes. They go hand in hand. Yeah, and I got to meet Gabe here in Minnesota. He was up here for a presentation. It was really nice shaking his hand and telling him that I appreciated the work he's doing. And he's got such an interesting presentation to see him do it in person and just look at the slides and go – wow, you did that, and this is what your soil looks like compared to your neighbor's soil? Wow, amazing. How much water are you retaining and the yeah. life and everything you've done there? It's pretty amazing stuff. And his profits have gone up demonstrably because of what he's done out there. It's just an amazing thing. So, And like what, and, and one of the best things about it is he mimics nature. Yes. Like it, it's not rocket science. This isn't something he learned in a lab. He just looked at nature and said, you know, what is nature doing? That's what I'm going to do. And it, and it works. It's working tenfold for him. Right, right. And you're going to be essentially trying to do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, but I don't have as much, uh, I don't have as much uh, optimism in myself as I do, Katie. Oh, you'll be we're, fine. We're, we're, we'll give it a try. You're, you're good, man. You'll do great. You'll do great. <laughs> I appreciate it. Cool. So you've got a lot going on. You had, you sold your farm, had a house move, changed jobs, uh, started up lettuce at a different place, started up the farm, and hey, what else is going on? Let's talk about future projects at the land. So you've got your one tunnel up now, right? And do you have some other spots tarped off? Are you gearing up to expand it yeah. at all? Or Okay. I've got one 80-foot-long tarp, I mean one 80-foot tunnel up now. I basically divided it in half. I said 50 foot earlier. I'll have four 40 foot beds, hopefully within the next few weeks, completely done. Then I'll start on the next 40 foot, the next four 40 foot beds on the other end. And then I have, uh, I've got, God, let's see this. So I've got 30 by 50 foot, 30 foot wide, 50 foot long uh, spot that's tarped off. That one spring, you know, probably spring break, I'm going to go cover crop all of that. And then I'll let it grow all summer, and then into the fall, hopefully it'll be a lot better soil. You know, I'll have things kind of figured out a little bit better. Yep. And I'll uh, I'll plant. I'll put up another tunnel in that spot. So I'll have two 80 foot tunnels going into the next fall. Nice. So for the cover crop, just to kind of tie the end, tie that off too. So you grow this cover crop, and then at some point before it goes to seed or whatever, you're you're tarping that off and killing it off, right? You don't want yep. the cover crop. Yep. I'll probably mow it. Okay. I'll probably mow it, and then then tarp it. You know, this, just because it'll break down so much faster if I tarp it. Right. So I'll I'll I mean not, it'll it'll 
break down so much faster if I mow it and then tarp it. Sure. Okay. Some of these grasses that I'm going to grow, we got thick stalks, like tomato, tomato stalks. Yes. You know, just how thick they get. Yeah. It'll take a year for those to break down. Mm. So if I take the time and mow it, you know, and mulch it up a little bit, I think it'll break down a lot faster. Plus, hopefully, I'll be able to plant directly into that mulch into the fall. Yeah, totally. And and your um, do you wet it down before you put the tarp on? You'll you'll cut it, mulch it up a little bit, and then do you wet it? It just depends on how wet it is. Okay. More than likely, it'll probably be wet enough just because that grass holds so much water. Gotcha. Like inside the plant when I mow it. I mean, just think about when you mow the yard, how steamy it is during the summer. Right. I might take the tarp off of it a couple of weeks after I mow it and water it down a little bit more. But Gotcha. Yeah, so I've I've got uh, on small scale gardening. We had a couple questions from people there who have just regular gardens. They've tilled it up, you know, so you know they're activating all those old seeds, and their their plants are fighting those old old seeds or the plants that grow from those old seeds. I was suggesting to tarp them off, you know, and yep. and kill all that stuff off. And uh, I've got uh, Julie's cousin out west of the Twin Cities. He had some funky weeds that popped up out of the blue and and i was telling them to do the same thing you know to, to tarp it off and uh that would be the way to kill it all don't dump anything on there like glyphosate no. or something use tarps and try to kill it all off tarp it or, or burn it yeah get you, you get your you can get you a little i have a handheld flame weeder that i bought off of amazon for 40 bucks that you put the little bitty green propane coleman propane, yep. propane tanks on and just burn it. Like, just put the flame over the top of it and just scorch it. I mean, it might come back, scorch it again. Yeah. Eventually, it's going to give up and die. Right, right. That's like our buddy uh, Mick over in uh, Aussie Flame Weeder guy. <laughs> yeah. Mick Higginson. Yeah, I'd love to have one of those. God, I oh, love yeah. one of those. So what, what I'm talking about, folks, if you don't know, he's he's developed this. And they're, and they're available in the States, too. But they've got, like, four or five burners, and they're 30 inches across. And you can hook up a pro, like a tank you put on your grill and this thing just burns it all off <laughs> it's like a flamethrower it's cool it's, it's on wheels so you push it like you would a lawnmower yep yep it's very cool and if you do it at night it's really cool because you can see the flames bouncing off the grid it's really cool yeah totally cool totally cool so awesome well i'm gonna let you go here pretty quick one more question well a couple two more questions so i saw in an instagram video you're you're doing some stuff there in your uh your little shed you're putting a little bit in you know fixing it oh. up a little bit so what were you doing there buddy oh that's a that's a that's a project i've wanted to do for my entire life I've always said I was born in the wrong era. I should have been born in 1800s with Charles Ingalls and Little House on the Prairie. Like <laughs> you and Thoreau I, out there, huh? Yeah, I just like I just love being on my farm. I want to walk out. Like I, I bought a 10 by 12 little shed from Home Depot, not from Home Depot, but like the ones you see from Home Depot. And um, I'm going to insulate it. I uh, haven't figured out what I'm going to put on the walls yet. Sure, um, you know, to over the insulation, you know, like. It's, not going to sheetrock it, but um, I don't know. I haven't figured it all out yet. But I bought a wood burning stove. I've got it. I'm going to put it in the corner. Cool. It's got two windows on it. Nice. I have a solar solar unit set up to it, so I flip on some lights if I want to. Uh, it's got a, a loft in it that my kids can sleep in. You know, when I get everything done, if we want to go, um, I you know I'm going to put a front porch on it. So if I want to sit on my front porch and look at my lettuce growing, I can. Sure. Uh, a little fire pit on the side of it and cook hot dogs like i want to make it as livable as i can 
for the least amount of money that I that I can. Yeah, that's totally cool, and, dude. Yeah, just that way, me and the kids can just go. Or hell, if I just want to get away from my kids, sure, I can go out there for me and the wife can go out there for a night. Yeah, put a futon. We'll put a futon in it. I'll have a compostable toilet. Nice. Um, little vanity with the kitchen the kitchen sink. The sink will go. That'll drain out. Yeah, you know, to to the farm. Just little things that I found on Instagram and Pinterest and stuff like that. And so yeah, I'm. I think I'm more excited about that than I am anything. To be honest with you, I, I love my shed. Um, you know, it just takes money and time, and those those are the two things I'm kind of short on most of my life. Right, Pringles. It's coming and- along. I've got I've got three fourths of the way insulated. I insulated some more of it. Cool. Pringles and beer too, right? Oh, that that's. My best friend, man, we used to go camping all the time, and all we would take would be four or five different cans of Pringles and a six-pack of beer, and we'd go two hours without talking, and it was like, but it wasn't awkward silence. Like, we just sat there and drank beer and ate Pringles. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, this is back there, in the in, in my, I put mine back there in those evergreen trees. Yep. So you really can't see it. It's shaded during the summer. Nice. And, uh, uh, yeah, I'm really excited about it. It's, it's going to be a long project, but... But that's what it's all about. It's getting away when you're, it's a staycation, essentially. You're out in the woods, even though you're not, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm four minutes from the busy, one of the busiest interstates in, in Texas, but Crazy. it feels like I'm a hundred miles from everybody. Awesome, dude. That's what you want. That's to get away, right? And build your small yep. scale life. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you so much for being on. So where can we find Mr. Muscle, Mr. Michael Bell? Uh, Instagram, Dallas Half Acre Farm. Yes. Um, I used to, I, I tried to do Facebook and it, it, I don't, I don't know what happened. I, I got locked out. Then I got logged, logged back in and then none of my stuff's there. And so I said, screw it. And I just stayed on Instagram. So I get DMs every day from random people asking random questions. So I'm always happy to answer them and help people out. Um, if you want to talk about gardening, farming, coronavirus, prepping, <laughs> shed to cabin, whatever, dude, just, I love to talk about this stuff, and I teach elementary PE, so I throw a few balls out there, and I got 30 minutes to chat on DMs if you want to chat. So yeah, very approachable, and it's just been so fun. I mean, it's it's been a long time since we've had you on, and that's just because of schedules and whatnot. But yeah, Michael has always been great to respond to my my pithy little comments on his videos. He puts up a lot of videos, a lot of great content out there, just what he's doing, and and it's really been fun. And I know. A lot of people that are, I'd say, in the business, I'm using my air quotes, but other people uh, in the small farm community know who Michael is. They're all talking. It's great to see such a community start to develop around you, which is great. So um, it's a lot of fun. Plus, Drew Demler is always a fun guy, too. So <laughs> Dude, that, guy's, that guy's turned into one of my best friends down here. They don't make they don't make people better than that guy. Yeah, big-hearted guy, lots of energy, holy smokes. So, yeah good dude so i'll have to have him back on the show too well mr bell it has been exciting as usual and i am so thankful for our friendship i'm so thankful you had the time to be on the show and i'm sorry to take away from your wife and children especially on a school night yeah i've been with them for two days straight yeah i know jules said the same thing so (laughs) (laughs) don't you have a podcast to do tom i know the the reminder went up i was like oh i can't cut this broccoli i gotta get ready for the podcast It's good stuff. So thank you so much, Michael. We will check you out on Instagram. We're always happy to share your stuff. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much, man. Yeah, no problem, man. Had fun. We'll talk soon. Yeah, definitely. Thank you.
This has been a production of Small Scale Life Media. From the land of sky blue waters. Waters. Small Scale Life is podcasting. Small Scale Life is podcasting. <laughs> Small Scale Life. Oh Intro right there. Oh, God, please no. Oh, yeah, baby. It's going to happen. Yes. Small. Love it. Love it. Love it. I love it. Yes. I sound like a dumbass all the time, so. Yes. Yes.